Hey folks, welcome back to the Fan Holes Podcast. This is another episode of our Toku Thursdays extravaganza. If you've been keeping up with us, we've been doing Gaim, which is a great fun show. As I mentioned one time before, there's also a lot of in-the-middle shows that are movies or specials or one-offs. This was uh, our good friend Derek's idea to do these. So for the middle of Gaim, we've got one tonight that is a team-up kind of episode. And I don't know if you remember our last time we had a team-up episode, which was the Great Sengoku War, which had Wizard and Gaim. This time we're doing something with the Super Sentai Tokyuger, and they're going to be teaming up with Gaim. So that's pretty cool. And like last time, we have to have somebody here to team up with. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, let him give a shout out. So who we got? Who we got teaming up with us tonight? Oh, I'm supposed to give my own shout out, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> my name's John. I'm better known <laughs> as Engineer Nerd in various points of the web. Uh, I got distracted. I was just like listening. I was enthralled. And uh, <laughs> you can hear me. You, if you hear, if you recognize my voice, it's because I'm on the uh, Action Figure Blues podcast as well. Where. I'm the only one that watches Common Rider, apparently. So uh, double, double. that's what brings me here. Hey, what's up, Derek? Yeah, I, I uh, basically uh, I am then emailed John quite a bit because I enjoy listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, and I knew he enjoyed watching Gaim and Tokyo and stuff like that. And I, I remember him saying that this was one of the first things he had ever seen. I think, or, or that was one of the impressions I got that that was. This special is kind of what turned yeah. him on to that whole world. This is actually the first one I actually watched. I had heard descriptions of him, but this is the first one I watched ever between either of the shows. So um, I kind of stuck with both of them for a little bit after that, and then I kind of said, you know, those Tokyo Jews are just a crazy bunch of kids, and I'm going to watch Guy <laughs> and see what happens over there. So. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen so much of to Tokyuger. Like I, I watched like I, I was telling the guys before we started, I watched a few episodes to get caught up or at least get on, on the same page, you know, by the time the team up happened. I, I almost finished my mandate. I was gonna try and watch six episodes, but like I was telling them, I got hungry and my stomach took priority. But after that I did watch the team up show. So I, I felt like I understood and could appreciate some of the stuff in regards so to so for, for for this episode, we can refer to you as right, right? Right, right. Because he seems to be kind of driven by his stomach. He, yeah. he is kind of well. He's he's driven by a lot of things actually. So I, you know what? Can I just say like I don't know if this is going to mess up my notes for for any future shows where where right shows up, but I, you know, my first impressions of the Tokugers were that they were like from Riverdale. Like I was like you know Archie and. Dilton and Reggie and then Betty and Veronica and you can choose who's pink and who's yellow but hmm. I leave it up to you but that was what I was like I was like you know obviously I've only seen a few episodes of the show and I don't know if anybody can spoil it for me but in my head now I imagine they all actually come from a little town called Riverdale so 
that's 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 my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I won't spoil. Oh, oh, Jughead. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Jughead will show up later as the Sixth Ranger or something. <laughs> Look at all these hairbuggers. Yeah, there is a Sixth Ranger, Tokyo though. Chase. Russia change. Does not explain Ticket, okay, well. though. <laughs> oh, my God. That does not explain, though, not even a little bit. Is, is, is Ticket not like Cheryl Blossom in that equation? I don't know. Anyway. We, we've gone off top. You, you've exceeded topic. my knowledge um, of Riverdale. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, in case you haven't noticed, we are talking about Tokyo and Guy. This is their big crossover, the spring break crossover. This is, like, the second time they've done this in the, uh, I guess you say, Heisei uh, era of Common uh, Rider. The first one was Shinkenger. They uh, teamed up with the uh, current Common Rider that time. I believe it was a decade, I think. I don't know. Anyway. We start off pretty normally, though. We start off more Tokyo. The uh, Rainbow Line arrives in Zawami City, and there's no bad guys around, so it seems. So all the Tokyo's decide they're going to go shopping and, you know, enjoy the local attractions of Zawami. They, you know, even take notice of the giant Yggdrasil Corporation Tower. They uh, happen to come upon Team Gaim, who are dancing, and if, if you notice, Derek, that's not their usual stage. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is not their usual stage. I I, I thought it was interesting because I I was no. thinking like they they had all this like heavy stuff going on in the previous Gaim episodes, and then it seems like this is more like the the travel brochure guide. Like this is like where all the the agents, the travel agents, will be like, "Come see Sunny Zawame." Like, don't pay attention to all those stories about disease ridden monsters and crazy beat riders who rip off your banks. Like, come and see. You know, Mai and all her cool friends give free dance shows. You know, like, come see, like, all the kids, like, just playing around the city and everything. It seemed like a little kind of idealistic once they stepped off the train, you know, and everything was like, this is great. We're going to go to Charmin, and then we're going to go to, like, you know, Bandos and get some fruit, and this is going to be awesome. Yeah, I know, right? It, is, it does seem very idealized. What were you going to say, John? I, her little cardboard sign when she when they come upon her, it was, I was like, really? That's all she has? It doesn't even say Team Guy, it just says here's free dancing <laughs> exhibition. She's she's not a well off. She's she's the priestess of fate, not like the money bags of fate. You know, like she she doesn't have a lot. So yeah, well that's true. That's true. It, it does further my own personal theory that some of the members of Team Guy are homeless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they look so clean, Tony. <laughs> yeah. well, they have the, they have the uh, Kids Incorporated clubhouse that they hang out at. Uh, anyway, while they're dancing, what should happen, but see if I can say this without butchering it, Mogura Roy of the Badan Empire appears, and he's uh, not one of the usual, usual menaces from Gaim. He is a uh, Tokuger enemy. This brings forth Kota, because, you know, he's got to help his friend Mai. I mean, that's just that's just what he does. However, the Tokugers, since they're there as well, they both tension at the same time. And it's kind of funny, because they're like, huh? Huh? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, when they stare each other down as they're transforming. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Yeah, I like when you can see, these just before the, the, the orange drops, you can see Gaim's head turn and go, huh? <laughs> yeah. Just as it goes over, <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of cool. They, they like, like we said, they're they're kind of like you know who are you guys? But you know they're both like they know who the bad guy is. So they go to attack Roid and what should happen? But the crack opens and a lion in best comes out. The Tokyo one, which of course is as 
Derek and John Hemmich and Wright, Reichel and Geim jump through uh, the crack while the rest of the Tokugers uh, try to get rid of uh, Moguroi. And he should also help them, but here comes Ichi, who of course turns into Ryugan because, you know, he can't just dance his way to victory. But while they're in the force, it's kind of interesting because I guess this is to help kind of make a bond between Raito and Kota. He's about to eat a fruit because he's like, cause as you guys said, he thinks with his stomach a lot and he's like, oh, so hungry. And Kota's <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and Kota's of course, you know, like, hey, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> he shoots the fruit kind of... out of his hand, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Because like, does. first, like, uh, Raito's like, what? <laughs> You know, he's kind of pissed because, like, you know, I'm going to enjoy a nice purple whatever mabob. It's like, no, don't eat that. <laughs> it's like, it's funny because I guess, I guess for for you, like, John, when you first saw this, like, you must have not had the context for what the fruit was at the time, right? Like, did you, did you think that was weird when you first saw it or, or were you just kind of like, oh, there must be a good no. reason why this guy did that? I actually... I had been listening to another podcast. I actually had known like all the episodes oh, up to that point. Okay. Okay. So I knew what was going on, but I'd never watched it. So I had a lot of stuff in my head, like what things look like and what the, you know, what I thought they would look like. Okay. Um, and I was wrong <laughs> about a lot. <laughs> nice. After a uh, skirmish, the, the Tokugers and Michi and Mai all go to, I've actually mentioned this before. But fruit bar is called Droopers, which is a really horrible name. And <laughs> while my Kagura and Mio decide to just kind of like chill and hang out in the city, Raito tells Kota, you know, he's going to show him the Resha, the, the rainbow line. And it's kind of interesting because apparently you just can't go to the, the Resha. You actually have to have imagination. You have to like, you know, be a Muppet baby to make your dreams come true, I guess. <laughs> If you do not have Mother Baby superpowers, you cannot see the line, right? You can't even see the train because there's those people right. that like walk right past it and everything, and then they don't even see it. But then I think Raito's like Dakota. Oh, dude, I totally, I knew you had this. Like I knew you had this covered, so that, that he can actually. Yeah. See. You know, I I felt bad for Bando though, man, because the, the girls come in and they're like all into his like fruit concoctions as they rightly should be. And they think it's like the most scrumptious thing ever. And then he's all excited and he's going to get them like parfait or something. But then all of a sudden, like they start talking about Charmant and Durian's, you know, pastries and everything like that. And then they all like agree that his pastries are better than Bando's. And then Bando's like sitting there like, oh, like he's fallen to his knees. But then it's like, I guess they stiff Haru with the bill, too. That's the the blue Tokuger, and like he's also like falling to his knees too. Like, well, I got to pay for all this. And I'm just like, Oh man, what were you going to say, John? This is where I think that this, I think this would have been better earlier in Gaim because of, you know, at this point, Coda's imagination's probably pretty well snapped. Yeah. I guess You know, because he's went through that adulthood, yeah. you know, and yeah, he's not a kid anymore. So I don't know. No, that's that's an interesting thing because like, so. like the I mean he I, well I mean it's like he's still sort of I I think that's why Takatora keeps pushing on him to break him but I guess I mean ultimately he doesn't I mean I don't know at least to the point where we've watched through like I I think he's rejected being broken by 
the weight of the real world because there's been a lot of things thrown at him. But I get what you're saying. Like, the tone of the stories aren't precisely lined up. But then the other thing I noticed, too, was I was watching the first couple episodes, and I'm like, yeah, this is light and fun, and I'm all, it kind of fits with the early tone of Gaim. You know, they were just street dancing, so I can see what you're saying as to the point where this might have fit in better in the childhood it's, arc. It's like it Batman on Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, That's but, what it's like. But then the other thing, too, is I was kind of looking at some of the Tokuger stuff, and then I think by the time I got to, like, the the third or fourth episode, it was Kagura, like the, the pink one that's always like scared at first. And then she's like, I'm super girl. And then she like kicks all their asses or whatever. And like kind of bolsters up her confidence, with her imagination. And like, there's this one point where I'm kind of like, yeah, this is, you know, lighthearted and fun and stuff for like kids. And this is, you know, power of imagination, Muppet babies, you know, like, oh, this is pretty cool stuff. Like, I mean, from my point of view, but then all of a sudden she gets off at this one stop and it's like, Death Valley Station! Rawr! I'm lifting coffins! Rawr! You know, and I was like, holy shit! All of a sudden it, like, turned into, like, Friday the 13th, and this dude's, like, dragging around a coffin with a fucking chain, and I'm like, holy Christ! I'm scared! You know, like, I was like, the tone, like, is totally different, you know? So, I, I don't know, like, I, I see where you're coming from, but I, I, for me, it was like, the tone was so, so drastically different so it, it freaked me out like a little bit in that point so i i get i don't know i mean i guess i could see it going either way with the tokugers yeah it is interesting that you mentioned takatora because there is a little they love doing these little cutscenes to the yggdrasil corporation where it's just like you know meanwhile michi of course has to go tell takatora about the badan empire which of course piques his interest because you know he, he's he loves having his fingers in all the pies anyway we were talking about right righto and uh Damn, Kota, you mentioned... um, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> See, he gets it, Derek. He gets it. <laughs> Damn, Mitchie, fucking snitch. Always talking to his brother about Dude. everything. With his, I know, right? Little sweaters on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The, the thing about Coda though is, is even though he can see the rainbow line, you have to have a pass to get onto it, like a real train. This is where Narutaki appears. Uh, now, I don't know if you two know who this guy is, but he is a dimension-hopping guy. He was first introduced in Decade, and he is trying to stop the Riot War, this like, uh, subplot going through like a couple of uh, shows. It got started in Decade, and he, he just kind of shows up here, and he's like, you know, kind of trying to get Gaim and the Tokugers to, you know, join forces to, to be ready for the big fight. And it's, it's, it? it's kind of weird... Yeah, I don't know why he shows up, because by this point, Decade had already been pretty well over, and they'd already done like the big final battle. I'm, I guess they're just doing timey-wimey well, bullshit. Because this technically, like, it's weird. I'm kind of glad. We're, I, I think just by happenstance, we're recording this episode, like, pulling back the veil. We're recording this episode with John first, and I know I was sort of in charge of continuity shenanigans, but I actually thought the Heisai versus Showa movie came before this, but it turns out this TV special did air a day later, but it's actually a prequel to the movie. Like, it sort of is setting up wow. things that happen in the movie, and that character plays not not a huge role, but he plays a significant role, let's say, in Heisei versus Showa. So I think that's why he was sort of 
casually dropped in for a scene here. Like, I was going to ask you, is that character, because I haven't really seen Decade, is he kind of like Decade's, like, Mr. Mitzelplick or something? Like, is he, like, he's kind of a bad guy, but not, like, really, like, you know, threatening or murderous or I, I don't know like I just got the idea from from what I've seen of him which is only two things at this point you know it's kind of like that that maybe he's he's been a thorn in his side at points but then also they sort of are like friendly to each other eventually or at least begrudgingly kind of you know okay you're alive and I won't kill you type thing or whatever I don't know well the way Decade starts I won't try to spoil the whole whole show in case anybody want, wants to watch it a lot of people don't like Decade. I, th- I thought Decade was okay. But the whole thing starts that Decade kills all the current common Riders. And he doesn't even know who he is. It's like the whole, you know, what am I thing. And he starts dimension hopping. And as he goes to each dimension or like where these different Riders are, he tries to not kill them. He tries to uh, go a different path because he doesn't want to kill all the Riders. And, and that's like, and the thing about Narutaki is, is he's, he's like, no, you're going to kill him, and i got to stop you. He, like, doesn't give him, like, any inch in the beginning. So that's kind of, like, where that starts off from. Okay, okay. He's almost like, like, if, if Decade is Lupin, then then that guy is kind of like his Zenigata, like the detective that's kind of hounding him down or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and he, never, he, never, he never really tries to confront him. He was just, like, he, for the first few times you see him, he's just like, you know, I will get you. Bye. You know, <laughs> like... It, Decay's a weird show. Uh, it's okay. fun, though. Uh, have you watched Decay, John? No, no. I haven't watched that one yet. I'm in the middle of Double right now. So. Oh, double's or, good. However really you want to call it. No, I guess, I guess Double is the right way to say it. I, do I, think, I, I think I say W, though, because that's the way it's written. I don't know. I get confused, but Double, I think, well, is the right way to say it. Well, I think, I think to a lot of the fans, it gets confusing, because if you say W, they might think you're talking about Wizard, because sometimes the Kamen Rider Wizard is called Kamen Rider W, too. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, don't ask me. Okay, after all that Narutaki nonsense, because, hey, we're here for Tokyo Grand, you know, God, come on. They have a little moment, Koda and Raito, where they, you know, he explains to write about Helheim Forest and how, you know, it's infecting Zawame. And Wright, being the kind of guy he is, he's like, you know, let me help you, you know. And Koda says no. And not that he doesn't, you know, trust Wright or that he doesn't really want help. It's just that he's... He sees that the Tokugers already have their own thing to do. They have the shadow line to take care of, and they're trying to find their their, their home. And, you know, that's kind of cool. It's like both these guys are really noble, but they're also, like, you know, a little prideful, I guess you would say. Yeah, they well, I mean, they, they seem to be wanting, I, I guess if they are in that adulthood stage, they seem to want to handle their own problems and not, I think it's more, uh, you know, how they always talk about, you know, like the, the Transformers episode, you know, the Geary, the burden hardest to bear. It's like you don't you don't run around and be like, hey, here, dude, Tony, bro, take my Geary. Like, I don't want it anymore. You know, like like mostly it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, if I'm if I'm you know, if I've got this big burden, it's like, well, it's my burden to shoulder. It's not your burden to shoulder. Like I should I you, you feel guilty trying to have somebody help you in a way which you know I, I guess you know part of what they learned in this story is that it's not it's not the end of the world to, to ask somebody for help you know like it's 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 actually okay you know when when things like that come up but but i think that is the the underlining initial attitude that it's kind of like well you you know it's kind of like dude you got your own problems to deal with like i don't want you to help me you know take on these you know 
these other guys, these invests and all these extra cracks and stuff that's being created by all the, 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 you know, Badon empire, which is, you know, totally random. Cause that one guy seems to be like, it, it's, it's weird because it, part of it is like, okay, it's a prequel. But then if you've seen the follow-up movie, you kind of understand what he really wants to do, which is like, he's not really trying to make Zawame cracks. He's trying to actually make his own like purple underworld cracks to release like, you know, dead people and stuff. So it's like, he means to do that, but I guess for some reason, since he's in Zawame and he's a dumbass or whatever, like he keeps <laughs> making those cracks to the Helheim forest. And then instead of it being, he's like, Oh, I messed up again. You know, like, and you're like, I, I guess it's, it's funny. Cause I feel like I have a better understanding having seen them in reverse in some ways than I did in, if I had seen them in order, like chronologically, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's kind of like that whole, like, how, how are you going to know, you know, the joke in the Phantom Menace where the, you know, Jawas and Sam people like cheer in the stadium. If you've never seen star Wars type thing, you know, it's like, it's kind of like chicken and egg doesn't really matter. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not funny unless you know the setup. Yeah. I kind of yeah, wonder so, if so it just oh, doesn't want more people in the city. You know, he just, I, I wonder if he just doesn't want anybody else he thinks he has to protect. That's kind of where I thought maybe he was coming from. Or not oh, okay. right, uh, Coda. Coda. You know, because exactly. Coda's like, you know, he's kind of like, I'm sorry about that. But I think, you know, Coda's trying to protect that city. And it's like, well, if I let these people in, now I've got more people I'm going to have to protect. And I don't, I don't want to lose anybody else. So, yeah, you little kids go on your way. No, that that makes sense too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another know. group of no, no. That's I think that's a valid interpretation of it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, like like we've been hinting at. This is around the time of the adulthood arc. So, yeah, they're not just thinking like Code is not thinking just like a kid anymore. Even if he does have an imagination. So, yeah, that's that's a very yeah. Like Derek said, that could be a totally valid point. Back to the story though. My Neo and Kagura have another encounter with Moguroid. Didn't get to say that. Who again? He like Derek said. He keeps trying to open these cracks, and it's like, no, womp womp. A lion in best shows up again. The same one, I believe. And Guy Man, the rest of the Tokyo squad come in to help out. The lion eats one of the Hellheim fruits, and as we all, if you're a fan of Guy, you know that this is bad because it's, it's CG time. Actually, he actually turns into like I think a pretty much a practical monster though, which is kind of cool. Then the Tokyo and this is something that if you watch a lot of Common Rider. And even if you're aware of Sentai, you forget about this. The Tokugers form the Tokyo car carrier tank. Oh, yeah, they forgot. They got giant robots. <laughs> and, yeah, I know, like, Gaim's like, I want one of those. <laughs> and they did manage to take down the uh, the Inves. So they have, like, kind of, it's kind of weird because if you're watching this, you think this is the end of the, sh- the show because it's like they, they beat a bad guy and it looks like the Tokugers are getting ready to leave. But wait, Kota pulls a fast one. As John was saying, he's worried about protecting people. One of the most important people that he protects in his life is Mai. And he doesn't want Mai to, to, to get killed, basically, in all this chaos that happens in Zawani. So he does ask one favor of Reto. He gives him the Rainbow Pass so that he can use the Rainbow Pass with Mai so she can go on the train and leave Zawani and be safe. So I thought that was duplicitous, but also, like, Kind of sweet, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's looking out for. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny. He's looking out for his girl, or as 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 he tells like Michi and Kaito's in the room too. It's almost like he's letting all of their girl leave or whatever, because it's kind of like they all sort of that that all sort of makes them take pause in that moment or whatever. 
just just going back though for a second, like for some of the funny bits, like in that whole like sort of super sentai centric moment, it's like, well, not only do they you know form their super robot and fight the huge giant invest, but like there's there's a couple funny bits in relation to that, which is why I probably wouldn't have thought. Like I know normally that's a climax to most super sentai, you know, every, you know, it's like they they form the big weapon and form the huge mecha robot and slice the bad guy in half it explodes and then they you know turn their back to the explosion and that's pretty much the end of the episode type thing but in this it's like some of those things are kind of played for laughs where it's like you said the what's his, i can't pronounce it or say it that's why you're doing all the heavy lifting but the moguro whatever it is like it turns to to uh oh Mogura, Ga- Moguroid. yeah Moguroid. the Moguroid turns to Gaim and and then because they're both like it's so big and like then they both go yes it is so big and then they realize like they're like having a moment they're like wait a minute we're enemies we need to fight you know so like there's that funny bit where they're both kind of noticing the same you know gigantic invest or whatever and then I I think one of my favorite bits is when Takatora is like because they're they're fighting like in one of the scenes outside the Yggdrasil Tower or whatever, so it's pretty huge. And then there's that moment where, you know, Takatora's, like, you know, doing his, I don't know, his his regular Wall Street business or something. You know, he's on the phone or whatever, but then, like, somebody calls him <laughs> up, and it's like, it's like, hey, boss. It's like, what is it? It's like, there's a, a big giant robot fight a huge big monster outside. And it's like, what? You're crazy. Like, stop bothering me, kid. You know, and then it's like, and then, but in the meantime, you can see in this big wide window, the fight is actually going on. So, like, it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, it's supposed to be, I mean, he is the big bad, like, one of the big bads, like, on that show. So it's like this kind of, you know, for laughs moment where it's like, and then he turns around, and of course, he can't see anything because the fight is moving outside of his frame of vision. So it's like, ah, stupid collars, like, prank kids, like, whatever. I'm not going to be pranked. <laughs> You know, and then he turns back, and of course they're still. Yeah, yeah, he's once again displaying his amazing powers of perception. You know, because he doesn't, <laughs> you know, he notices everything. <laughs> well, well, you know, what I'm, what I, since you listen to the show, John, you know, my ongoing comment for Takatori is he just shows up to show up. But you know, at least this was funny. So yeah, oh yeah, I, th- this was a funny. I love that bit. It's actually got its own clip on YouTube. So. It's that funny. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when you when you become a meme, you you've done good. <laughs> yeah, the the fight is really good. It's it's funny, but also kind of serious. You get action, you get the jokes and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I, I again, I think that's why I thought this was like you know the the possible maybe transition point or something like that, which it kind of is. But no, the the it's basically just a false ending, I guess, to make people go. Uh, what? Yeah, so, I really okay. wonder if maybe if they were actually going to show this as a Tokyo episode and the other half as a Gaim episode, not as a combined movie, because that's almost what it felt like that that would be the mm-hmm. end of the the, the Tokyo episode because oh, okay. it's about at the twenty minute mark or so. It's like yeah, okay, here's like their story, you know, and, and Gaim kind of came in and played, and then you know the rest of it kind of is more more the Gaim story. So that's interesting. I, I like that theory. Makes sense. Yeah, to and me. They, they they do that a lot with the specials anyway. Like when we did Wizard, it was like the whole first part was Wizard, and the whole second part was Gime, and then at the end, the last fifteen minutes or so, it was it was the actual team up. So you know, kind of same thing, I guess. But as you said, yeah, Maya my, my is leaving the city. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Wagon. <laughs> 
reveals to her that I don't know if it's, it's wagon or if it's just wagon that she uh, I think it's just wagon you know was just wagon okay that she was kind of tricked and you know she was put there so she would be safe. Amai, however, if Mai can get into the Hellheim Forest, she can get off this damn Russia. So she sneaks out of the Russia when it stops at another station in Zawami. She is found by a Maguroi, who uh, is going to use her as a hostage against the Tokugars. Koda finds out what happened, that Mai got off the train and is, you know, being held hostage. And he blames himself, as he does, you know, tend to do. Which, you know, he, he now feels like instead of, like, trying to save her, he abandoned her. He, like, like pretty much guided her to this, like, horrible series of events. And there is a, there is a little bit of, I guess you would say, truth to that, but it's not like he could tell the future, you know? Granted, he also did put her on a train that routinely stops at places where they have to turn into a giant robot to fight giant monsters, so I'm not sure if his thinking was really that sound on keeping her safe. <laughs> well, you know, she could have just stayed on the damn train and not caused hijinks, but, you know, that's that's uh, that's something that she acknowledges, too, I think, later on. So. Well, yeah, this is true. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, if, if she loves tournament, she'll she'll love the, the Russia food, which she does. I'm like Derek. Whenever I see food on these shows, like I'm like I really want to eat that. <laughs> it, just, it does look good. I had to go to a smoothie shop after watching a bunch of guy episodes one day, <laughs> just to get my like fruit smoothie. <laughs> Gotta get my fruit on. Yeah, it it. it, it Gaim wants you to be healthy. You know why? Because if you're healthy, you're fresh. <laughs> then that'll, that'll make sense to John like four weeks from now or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that is an ongoing joke. I mean, Derek, you'll 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 love that, John, if you haven't seen that yet. Anyway, okay. Maguroid, he's a he's a giant mole, by the way. Maguroid is is basically a mole monster, and one of his things that he's been doing throughout the whole movie mole is, is not the right word. <laughs> I would you say so, mole. Crossed with a crab. Like you take the DNA of a yeah, crab and put it with a mole. Because <laughs> he's got those weird arms with the little, you know, like crab leg spikes on them. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a mashup. He's a, a crow or a, 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 a mab. I don't know. <laughs> with the face of an anteater. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a handsome guy. Um <laughs> But one of his main things is when he gets away, when he tries to get away, he digs holes. That's his whole his whole MO for escaping. That's how he keeps escaping. And he actually pretty much calls it Forsmiths. He actually gets it right. You know, he's like, hey, I did it. <laughs> Koda and Michi uh, team up to make a plan to rescue Mai. And who should appear but come on, you know. One of, I think, Derek and John's favorite characters, Kaido, shows up to, to lend some banana power. Good luck, so Barrett, banana man. I'm not a banana. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I like that bit. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that Togeer say is very comical. I, I, I get your Riverdale thing. They they seem almost too innocent for this world that they live in. But it, but yeah, anyway, Maybe there's um, a reason for that. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Okay. Now I gotta watch Togeer. Damn you guys. <laughs> um, he's pulling at me, man. He's <laughs> enticing me. Um. <laughs> And then Derek all the time, I'm like, well, this happened, and this happened, Derek's like, oh, man, now I want to watch it. When I left <laughs> home, I, I, was I used to watch him in the Raw, so. Oh, okay, wow. Yeesh. That was probably, 
Yeah. You, do, you, do you speak any Japanese or at all, or were you just like, I'm just following the action? <laughs> I'm just following the action. <laughs> oh, hello. We didn't see you there. Welcome to Comic Book Fight Club. My name is Jif S. Fishman, Esquire. And I am Gene Theodore Hendricks. Here at Comic Book Fight Club, we sit fireside, sipping our brandy, and discussing who would win in a bout of fisticuffs with other members of the comic book Illuminati. Yes, you caught us at a good time as Kevin Smith, Stan Lee, and the late Bob Kane just went on a beer and nacho run. Have you ever wondered who would be victorious in a bout? Galactus? or Unicron? How about the Incredible Hulk versus the Monster Doomsday? What about G.I. Joe versus the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Or the equally important bout of the Snorks versus the Smurfs? And of course, the Titanic duel between Archie and Jimmy Olsen? And you can expect the intelligent and erudite debates to sound something like this. But I always thought Transformers fans were intelligent and literate, so they should see that Galactus has to be the winner. Like, he's hungry. Oh, I'm so <laughs> hungry. I'm going to get weaker, and, 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 and Reed Richards is going to be able to beat me. I don't know anything about Rob other than uh, he was defeated by Parker Brothers. Oh, it's, I mean, back, to, back to one of Sean's points, saying he got out of the, out of the Silac. You know, every time he's gotten out of that in any story, he has to get put back in it because he's a bitch. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, ah, 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 no! No! She, oh, I tap she, out! I tap out! You are a sick, out. sick man. I'm not familiar with the last one. I need. I might have to hit Google Image Search here. So won't you join us for some witty discourse, a fine snuff, and a tincture of sherry as we debate over these all-important matters here only on Comic Book Fight Club. You can find the show at twotruefreaks.com and on iTunes by searching for Comic Book Fight Club. Please also join us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash comicbookfightclub. Ryugan and Baron, they created a commission to draw Mogiroroi's attention, uh, the whole banana man thing you know we are talking about. And Kota and Wright sneak inside the building, say, this is at the tower, by the way. However, Moguroid uh, digs into the hole and pops up somewhere else again. And, you know, it was like, wait, you were just outside. How'd you get here? And he's like, no, he didn't go under there underground. Fooled you. He has a twin. And that's what Moguroid summoned was his twin brother. Wow. <laughs> There's two of them, girl. They're both single. <laughs> mm. Maybe one's a Mab mm. and one's a Croil. Croil. Crant Eater? I don't know. Crant Eater. Crant <laughs> Eater. Oh, yeah. But just despite there being now two, two, two Moguroids, Coda and I do manage to get Mai out of there. And the Armored Riders come in to confront one of, the, one of the more, I guess, generic monsters that they summoned, and the two gears phase off with the other ones. 
here's where we get also that's the thing about some of these movies at, there's at a point where you're like oh okay i'm following the story i know what's going on and then there's a point where it's just like okay for five minutes we're going to throw as much shit at you as possible so just hold on to your butts and just try to get through it because as two kickers are fighting another writer comes in but this is one we haven't seen yet i have the no, derek hasn't common writer 15 appears well, I, actually and I since since I have like oh, you do, you seen do. it, so so I do know who he is. But that that's more of that whole this is a a prequel for the Heisei versus Showa movie thing because that's it's like oh, oh I forgot he actually yeah because he he plays a pretty huge role in that. Whereas in this, like if you didn't know any better, you'd just be like, all right, who the fuck is this asshole? He just came up out of the woodwork and like stole Karg's haircut from Masters of the Universe or whatever. You know, like so. yeah, I, I thought stole it was a fucking. <laughs> yeah, he also stole durian. Wah, wah, wah. I hate when people wah, do that. Wah, wah. Um, <laughs> that belongs to durian. <laughs> yeah, the senpai orange. <laughs> but wait, there's more. The Tokugers are not having a good time against 15. They're getting their butts kicked. And who should show up? But Common Riders 1, 2, and V3. What the fuck is going on? They, they even have uh, that gag where the yellow one turns to the camera and it's like, you know, she's, it's almost like she's doing like a state sketch or something. It's like, you know, that is one, that is two. Why is he not three, but the three? And it's like supposed to be like a (laughs) thing to the audience, you know? And I was just like, okay, you know? And then of course, what's funny is then, then you get like hyper nerdy. Cause if you go to like the, the Toku wiki, it's like, that is because there's actually a cyborg common Rider 3 who was like a bad guy in this movie that came out in this year. And you're like, I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's still yeah, a funny stroke, joke. Stroke your like, yes. yeah. You know what's yeah. funny? That you said that I, I was actually stroking my chin, even though nobody can, can see me do that. But I did strike my chin. Or stroke my chin. Strike my chin, I hit myself. No, I stroked my chin while I was saying that. So, yeah. It's like, hmm. There's a cyborg version, which is a bad guy. Um, like, hmm. <laughs> well, of course, all cyborgs are bad guys. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the world of common Rider kids. The computers go to fight off against Maguroid while the various writers fight 15. And they manage to finish them off with, again, love all these names that I have to like really work on. The Renketsu Bazooka. Basically, if you've seen Power Rangers, that's when they all, like, stand together and all their weapons combine to make a big old gun, which is pretty much what they do. Fifteen, it doesn't really get beat, but he's, you know, he's doing his, his, his Dr. Claw thing. You know, he's like, I'll get you, Gadget. And the show writers, that's who 1, 2, and V3 are, in case you're wondering. They're not the Heisei era. They also, while fighting Fifteen, are like, no, we don't like the Heisei writers. We're not going to help you. You know, and like they do a little bit more grumpy. They're like, you know, you know, the show writers will never ally themselves with the Heisei writers. But you know, it's kind of weird because the show writers are usually held in high regard by fans of Common Rider. But during this whole time, you know, with the decade and all that stuff, the show writers are kind of dicks. <laughs> I, uh, you know what, I, um, mm. I, I feel like, like the way this was sold was like. This is going to explain everything. And instead, I was just like, 
no, I'm just more confused, you know, like, because, I don't know, it seemed like they were trying to set it up as like, this will explain why the show writers are such dicks or something like that. And it's like, I don't know if I think they're no, dicks, didn't do that. But, but it didn't really explain anything, you know, it's like, it, I, I, I don't know, but like, the, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I suppose there's more to talk about when we actually talk about the Heisei versus Showa movie, but it, it just seemed kind of like... We must be mad at each other because we're gonna fight, and yeah, and that's why, you know, like it's because because reasons, you know, like, reasons, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So you know, poor poor Showa and Heisei, whoever, whichever side you're on, you know, collect them all. But what do you th- what do you think about the show writers showing up and then just like kind of snubbing the Heisei writers, John? I I don't know. That whole part of this just seems dropped into me because. All of the the armored riders that we know just disappear. Yeah, you know, and they have to be right there somewhere. Yeah, I think they would help, but it was just it was just for one, you know, two, and three to show up. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, we're gonna fight this guy that we could have just dropped this clip in any any old place, and you know, I feel like I feel it seemed like, dropped in. Yeah, yeah, but it, it just seemed like it was another like tie-in, like prequelization to you know the movie that's in the theaters and stuff. Like, I think I think had this just been its own entity like i i i might i mean i enjoyed this but i i think this is the only thing i could knock against it and like i get that like i mean you know far be it from me i mean i like team-ups i like things like that but this this was probably the clunkiest insertion of the bunch do you know what i mean like i think everything worked pretty well up to this point the characters yeah. that they introduced, even though, like Tony's saying, yes, these movies do throw a lot of stuff at you, and you're just supposed to sort of roll with the punches and be like, okay, yeah, now this guy's here, and now he's turning into a rider, or he's turning into a Sentai guy, and he's kicking this guy's ass. Like, okay, I'm rolling with the punches, I'm rolling with the punches. But it's like you're, what, like 50 minutes into a 45-minute special, and they're throwing these guys at you, you know, and you're just going to like, all right, like, okay, I get it, sort of, but that's kind of, it does feel like shoehorned in there, you know, regardless of any nostalgia or appeal that the old school guys have. Cause I mean, I get it. They're like, you know, they're the first, like they're important, but it just, yeah, it did seem kind of like, okay. And now here we are, Ta-da! you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, if oh. you watch more into game, it, 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 it doesn't play into it at all. Really? You know, even yeah, the next the, movie, the, it doesn't play into it. Yeah, the Showa versus Heisei thing, really, after the movie, doesn't seem to matter as far as, like, guy. It's a, the, you, you don't, and this is not a spoiler because since they don't show up, you, you, you don't care. Yeah, like, the show writers don't show up in Gaim again, you know, and it's like, huh, there's one guy who does show up in Gaim, and I know Derek's going to be excited for that. I think we already talked about that, though. Yeah, I think I've already but, uh, seen that. But yeah. That's a... Yeah, no spoilers for the rest of you guys, but yeah. Um, You've already seen it? Yeah. It's... What? Yes. What? I know, that's crazy, right? <laughs> what? But yeah. Um, <laughs> I know, right? We, we, we actually do timey-wimey bullshit in our real lives on panel. We get a nice little moment, though, where Kaito turns into mango arms, which we see him do that a lot, but uh, Michi actually turns into kiwi arms, which he doesn't do a lot, like hardly ever. Lock off! Kiwi! Lock on! 
seems to do it only in movies for some reason. Baron and Ayugan defeat Badan's soldier empires, Badan or whatever you want to say. And then we get one of Derek's favorite forms when a guy goes into Kachidoki mode. Kachidoki oh, arms. Oh, oh, oh. With the DJ gun, and there's still there's still another Mogaroid around, and that's the one he's fa- fa- uh, facing off with. And all right, let's see how badly I can really fuck this up. So he does the, the DJ gun, and using the Hinawa Dadai Mosuzan attack with the Mosu saber, he yeah. uh, uh, takes him down. <laughs> it doesn't matter what, how you pronounce it. What matters is it's completely badass. And he takes him out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why? Why I'm did sure they fake so. this okay. this form on 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 Baron and Ryugan earlier when they when they you know taped the flags to him? I yeah, I think it was just supposed to be like a gag, right? Like that they were supposed to be well, because I guess that was part of their ploy that they were supposedly infighting. But I guess the flags were supposed to designate like they were going to plant their flag somewhere. I don't know. I think it was like another callback in Gaim to the Sengoku Sengoku era, where you know it's like you know I'm Baron House and I'm I'm Ryugan House, you know I, I guess kind of like that kind of thing. I'm Ugly Sweater House. Is that what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> that'd be that'd be the Cosby I, House. I represent fashionable long coats. But yeah, he does. The House of Riverdale with my big R on my Letterman sport jacket. I'm coach. I represent House 90 style. Look at my colors. I kept waiting for somebody to ask Coda in this episode why he's wearing a a Mae West. Because he's got the Marty McFly orange. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Coda Coda has really horrible fashion sense early on. He gets better. He gets better. And then that, that comes later on in the guy mark, middle age. <laughs> <laughs> it's like midlife crisis. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, no, it's, 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 he's like older now. Instead of doing that, it's like, you know, he'll, he'll still spin the disc, but it'll be like, you know, like, you know, middle age, would you like to swing on a star? Or some he's Sinatra. Whatever, whatever, back whatever, out on the little turntable. <laughs> he gets terrible, but in a great way. The, the he, he does defeat, defeat the. This is the first Mogiroroi. The twin was already destroyed, and he's like, "The Badan's plan was just starting," and then he explodes. Typical bad guy last words. And again, like like a lot of the movies during this time with the whole decade and fifteen and Showa Heisei stuff. Like, it, it feels like you don't know if this is actually a team-up with Tokyo and Gaim, or if this is just part of, like, the larger Showa Heisei kerfluffle, and we're just we're just going to show these two guys, because they have toys out right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm starting to get semi-jaded that I've watched enough of this stuff yet, but, like, I think that part of it brings it a little down. You know, like, it, in other words, I, th- I think it takes something that I normally would have given, like, five pineapples you know, because I had a lot of fun with the team up between the Tokugers and Gaim, but maybe he just knocks it down to like four pineapples because I was like, oh, wait, this has too much tie in, you know, bullshit to it, you know, where I can't just enjoy it 
on its own merits because it's got to like you know shoehorn in some of that like hey kids buy this toy hey kids watch this upcoming movie that's in theaters now hey kids you know rah, 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 you know it's like got like some kind of Marx Brothers dude in the side with the cigar and the fake you know eyeglasses and nose and everything going like hey what's up you know and you're like all right all right I get it I get it I get it I was kind of kind of surprised there wasn't a special lock seed for this one yeah well. I mean, I guess you could kind of say Kamen Rider 15, but he's also kind of showed up somewhere else, so more timey-wimey stuff. Yeah. But yeah. He, he he does have a lock seed, so, but I don't know. You can't really say that this is his special. He doesn't really play a huge role in this. He just shows up to fight for, like, five minutes, so. Yeah, it seems yeah, like there's, uh, yeah. these people have, like, these extended cameos, but they're not really propelling the story forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could so take that I, whole I part out and... It, it yeah. wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. Well, I, I like what you said earlier, John, about, like, up until my gets on the rainbow line, it does seem more like the Tokyuger episode with Gaim thrown in, which I think was better, because it was Tokyuger and Gaim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's goofy, so, uh, but it's better, yeah. I'll do the quick wrap-up of the movie, and then we'll, we'll talk more about, like, various parts we like better and stuff. It, it's the standard thing. Tokyuger's, you know, say by Dakota, and, you know, they're like, you know... Like, well, well, maybe we'll meet again sometime. They never do. And, <laughs> well, you know, I can spoil that. that, that that's a good <laughs> um, Kaido standing should, around looking should. like James Dean. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's all badass and stuff. I will, I will, I will put my back to a running train and be badass. Exactly. Also, again, because of you will watch this fucking movie and I don't care who you are. Common Rider show 15 shows up again and he's, he's not there to fight anybody. That. He's just, you know, here to let he's you know to, the, the, the empire is coming. He's there to cackle and set up the next movie. It's like, you will watch the movie in the theaters. シール、ジェネレーションバトル。もう誰にも止められない。勝つのはどっちだ。平成ライダー対昭和ライダー。仮面ライダー対戦。フューチャリングスーパー戦隊。ついに決着。優勝者に豪華プレゼント。あ、う
15 is a badass. He is a big bad. I mean, when he when he fights and when he like gets into it, like you know, the fight itself is fine because he does show that he is something that does have to be confronted later on. I just don't know if this was the right time to do that. So, but what do you guys think about the tonal shift, like going from yay to like you know, all oh, your I, souls are mine. I, <laughs> I, I think for me, like the the the, I agree with John in that I think the beginning of it like seemed to not ignore the adulthood arc stuff, but but would have fit better with the childhood, or at least you got that tone to it. And then the point where I noticed where it shifted was probably the first scene where Kota tells Raito, like, he's like, oh, well, no, don't help me. Like, I don't want you to help me. Because then all of a sudden they start playing, like, the Helheim music in the background, and it's like, I, I don't know, it was like that, that yeah. shift in weight where it's like, you don't know, man. We've been through some shit, man. You don't know, you know, like that kind of stuff. And like, like that's the kind of vibe you got with that. Like, Hellheim music is like playing in the background. And so, like, for, for once that was introduced, then I was like, oh, they're not really ignoring the adulthood arc. It's just it, it, to the Tokugers, since the story and the beginning is told from their point of view, they can only see the, you know, the nice sweet frosting layer of Zawame City. And, and they barely get into the, the creamy filling. I mean, we, we have, because we've seen the episodes, but, but they don't really... I don't know that they get to delve that deep into it. They, they understand there's something more there than what they're seeing, but I, and, and, and that's probably the best place to leave it for those characters. I mean, they don't... It is not their fight, you know what I mean? They help for this instance, and then they sort of you know, move on to the next port and... and about their business but you know that's i i you know i guess i don't mind that i mean that that's fine to me i mean the the shift in tonality like in terms of that like does not bother me the shift in tonality to where it's like it goes from kind of light to kind of serious to kind of advertisement go watch this like that's the part of the tone shift where <laughs> i get a little like uh this, it's not serious or cutesy it's just blatant advertising you know is what it feels like at that point you know? yeah yeah i'm, I'm right there with um, you on that yeah it just it is yeah it was it was way too quick and way too out of nowhere and just like you know you know hey kids toys ah! as far as the the whole movie goes i, I have to admit i think it went i think it's when it's common writers like like when we watched guy i'm in wizard usually as we've stated before common writer seems to be a little bit more adult not 20 something adult like 14, 15-year-old kid adult. You know, you're you're turning into a you know, young adult. So they tend to do more teen-related stuff like, you know, love and, and friendship and loyalty and stuff. Whereas Sentai is usually just, you know, justice and friendship, power of love, you know, like in a different way. It's like more kiddified. So I think that's kind of hard to do as a team-up, you know, because you usually have the Sentai shows where for the most part, they are more like this. It's kind of like having the 60s superheroes team up with, like, the 90s superheroes. You know, it's like, hey, we have, yeah. like, 60s Batman. Would he get along with 90s Batman? Hell no, he would not. <laughs> He'd be putting labels on everything in the Batmobile. Okay, this is the start <laughs> button. Machine guns. I don't have to kill you, but I'm going to let that label choke all your air supply. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta dance. Yeah, 
I yeah, I guess I can see that. I mean, I guess in that equation, Gaim is is you know '90s Batman, right? And and the Tokugers are are '60s Batman. I I don't know. I mean, it's I I see what you're saying. I mean, they are different. They are different intellectual properties per se. I mean, I I think they did a good job to try and set up what Kota and and Wright had in common. You know, that they got along. That they you know, and and in some sense, you know, it's like. At their core, it's like, okay, yeah, well, 90s Batman and, and Adam West Batman might not get along, but Adam West Batman would certainly follow 90s Batman through the spatial crack, and that's what happens. Do you know what I mean? So there's the, those yeah, core yeah. things about them that they're like, well, look, they, they might go about it in a different way, but ultimately, at their core, both those characters are good guys. Do you know what I mean? And they can, like, yeah, they, 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 yeah. they, they can shake hands, you know, they can they can sort of stop some guys you know it's like oh well you know yeah you might be like oh okay well it's like it's like egghead versus freaking zaz you know and you're like oh okay well vincent price is not as deadly as a guy who cuts himself and is a serial killer but it's like meanwhile they both team up and take the guy down like i i I guess i see what you're saying like there's those different tonality shifts in the terms of you know it's like the characters that sentai characters are fighting in the show at the moment are still kind of like those semi-comical villains you know they have those bits of comedy even with Gaim you know in the episode whereas I think the the invest and and the stuff that goes on in Gaim is a little more heavy it is a little more you know Mr. Zazz you know where you're like whoa whoa this is this is kind of this is kind of serious like you can't have any funny bits when people are eating fruit and turning into fucking you know crazy lion monsters or whatever you know so I, I i can appreciate that and then there's a point where 60s batman 90s batman are fighting and here comes hannibal lecter but it's okay because they're saved by ethan hunt and mission impossible team so <laughs> just throw everything in that works you mean mitchie hunt yeah mitchie hunt mitchie hunt yeah <laughs> you know i i this kind of, guy reminds me and I, i've tried to explain this to people and not a lot of success, but Gaim, the, the story and everything it tells underneath really reminds me of the tonality of Arrow or Flash, the TV shows. It's, you know, walking that unrealistic line, but but trying to keep it grounded somewhat. Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think that's maybe the difference between these two, because the, the Sentai is just going, oh, we're just going to go over the top and make it crazy. But but Gaim's actually just trying to ride ride that realistic and still throw enough thing in there, things in there for the kids to keep it interesting. And yeah, they're trying to, to surf that wave of, of realism without, you know, falling off the surfboard and just totally crash and burning. That's what's interesting about Gaim is like, there are people who don't like Gaim, but it's, it's overwhelmingly very popular. It's one of the more popular series in the last few years. And anybody you introduce to this, when you say the fruit thing, they're like, okay, fuck you. I'm not watching this. But then after they watch a few episodes, they're like, holy shit, that's really cool. You know, they, they, yeah, I got they laughed out of the Toy Star for that. Stupid. So, yeah, and that's, that, that, that's partly how we met because I was just kind of like, you know, ah, oh, yeah, you know, don't, don't listen to those guys. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. This show's awesome. I don't know. I mean, when I, when I first saw the show, it's like, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, like, I, I get why people would think that, you know, at face value, it's ridiculous. But you know what? A lot of stuff at face value is ridiculous. It's still awesome. I mean, it's still cool. I mean, you know, the stupid oranges coming down from from the sky and, you know, the whole routine, you know, the moves and stuff. I mean, it's it's I, to me, it's always been fun. So I, I usually enjoy watching it. And then this, 
you know, it's like they, you know, whether they're like leaping into battle and the, the banana's coming down on his head in mid-leap or, you know, whatever's going on, you know, like that, that stuff is always fun. Well, yeah, well, yeah I mean, those, it's like those kind of things continue said. to get crazier and crazier. Yeah, oh, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, like I said, John and me were kind of in the know as far as time goes later on, so it definitely gets a little crazier later on, Derek. Trust me, it's it's not, not even the tip of the iceberg yet, so it, it gets really, I don't know. I don't even know if you'd even say crazy. It gets uh, insane. Dark. It, it, more than crazy, because dark, it gets really, oh, like, th- this is not spoilers, and this is this is just a fact of the matter. Gaim is one of the very few shows I've ever seen where it starts off almost incredibly lighthearted, because Coda's just like, oh, I want a job. I want to help my, 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 my sister, and I can't do anything right. I'm a superhero now. What? And it goes from that very, very lighthearted premise to I, I I almost want to say mythical proportions. It, it turns very epic. And if that doesn't whet your appetite, I don't know what will. It, it gets so serious and so dark. And there's like, you know, like we'll, we've, by the time this comes out, we'll already have talked about, you know, characters like Hase dying. And, you know, I think that's why I say that Gaim, well, not Gaim, but Common Rider as a whole is a little bit more older geared because you don't see a lot of major characters die, even in like, you know, TV shows over here. You know, there, there's, there, I can name off the top of my head a few shows where like someone is supposed to die, but due to last minute MacGuffin, you know, they're okay. You know, Duke's okay. <laughs> so it, it definitely has, it has weight, I guess is the best way to say it. It has a weight to it as the show goes on. You, you become familiar with the characters and you grow to really care about the characters. And by the time the show is over, you're left with, like, a really, you know, nice, you know, feeling of you watched a real story. You watched, like, something from the middle, the, the beginning, the middle, and the end. That was a complete story that, you know, really, like, held together well, I think. So, And I didn't even give any spoilers. Yeah, it definitely does that. It's a story. And I, I think that's it's a really well-written story. You just got to get past some of the goofiness to, to see it. I think, I think in yeah, some ways there, the... In some ways, the the goofy stuff is also part of its charm, too. I mean, maybe you don't need to get past it as much as just be accepting of it, you know? Like, that that certain, you know, we talk about, like, tonal shifts and stuff. And I think in in Gaim, there are a lot of those. And it's like, I I, I think that's something where, you know, like, sometimes you you go to see a movie, you know, and it's like, oh, well, this is an action movie, or this is a rom-com, or this is a, you know, it's very, very sort of strict and what can happen. You know, it's like, it's not like you're going to shoot somebody in the head, like departed style in a rom-com. Do you know what I mean? But Gaim, like it is a good story, but it can go back and forth between all those things. There can be those wacky sort of, you know, pratfall moments with, with hijinks where it's, you know, a Marx brothers moment. And then there can be a departed moment where somebody gets, totally fragged, you know, and you're like, oh my God, you know, like this is heavy shit, you know, and then it can go to, you know, a really cool action beat that could be like a Mission Impossible movie, you know, so it's like you, you, you can, you know, sort of, you know, go through all those, those, you know, genre moments and, and, and tonal shifts, but it's still the overall product I think is, is fun to watch, you know, so it's like, you just have to sort of be willing to, 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 get past any preconceived notions you have of what a 
a story can be like that. It doesn't have to be just stuck in that one box, you know? Yeah. I, I think, it, I think it's very telling that two of my favorite characters on the show are Zach Knuckleman, who, who's basically a, a guy who wants to become a better warrior and, and defend his friends. And my other one is Bravo who is, who's completely comedic relief at this point, And he's just there to get the laughs. And I, I like both of them and they both fit in the show very well. I don't know. If Bravo's all comedic. Well, yeah, uh, he does have his beats as Baron. well. I was saying oh, Baron. Oh, Baron is not like comedic it. at all, hardly, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, when you see Baron, yeah. I have my beats oh, no, confused. Baron, Bravo, Baron, Bravo. Trust me, geez, you should hear some of the outtakes with me and Derek. I heard the last ones where I was like, <laughs> and then and then Kudu. Uh, no, what's a Kudu? Uh, Koda, damn, too many names. Kudu! <laughs> that was good. Yeah. As, as, I, as I stated, there is so many writers, you can get confused in gun. That is probably one of the only detractions is if you don't watch every episode, you miss like two or three episodes, and then you're like, oh my god, there's like nine new writers. Where do they come from? <laughs> that's that's actually what I liked about Forze, because there's not a lot of writers in Forze. There's really only two, for the most part. And I, did, I just really enjoyed yeah. that show. I actually, after watching it, I like Forze just a little more than Gaim, but um, maybe that's I, me. I think it can be probably refreshing. Like we discussed this, I think when I started watching drive, like in detail too, is that, you know, going from, from this where there's, you know, and I guess things like what, what's dragon Knight? What's the Japanese dragon Knight, Tony? What is, what do you call that? Isn't it Ryuki? Ryuki. Yeah. It's like when you go from like something like Gaim or Ryuki, where there are like tons of writers to like a show where maybe there's, you know, one, two, you know, three at the most or something like that. Then you're like, Oh, well, this is a little more manageable. It's not like it's like a cast of thousands, you know, as opposed to, you know, oh, OK, it's just, you know, here's the dude. It's Forza. Like, that's that's pretty much all you need to know, you know, like, whereas, you know, some of them, it's like, oh, wow, there's all this, you know, all these intricacies and stuff. So, like, I think depending on how you come to it, you know, it could be that you watch a show with only a single writer and then you could watch Gone and be like, oh, wow, you know, this is different, you know. Yeah, but or, or you could start with Gaim and then watch something with like a, you know a single writer and then be like, oh wow, like this is this is different, you know, this is refreshing, you know. So it's not always you know yeah. the same old same old type you know formula, I guess. Well, like me and Derek have stated before, we we, we I guess we kind of have our boys in the fight whenever they show up in the various crossover movies. I really like Ooze, and Ooze is in his show proper. There's only a total of three common writers, including him. And two of those are like clones. Like there's Common Rider Date, uh, Common mm. Rider Birth, and then like Common Rider Birth Two or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> mm. So yeah, it, it can it can get more fun to like see something that's refreshing like that. I think in W in W, you're in for a treat, John, because I I think there's only two, maybe three writers at most. Yeah, yeah, there is. I'm so. like 30 episodes into it, so I'm I'm, I'm well I'm well into it. Oh, okay, so you already uh, I, but, I forget, um, I forgot even, the name of the the character, the guy with the skull and the hat. Isn't that the Joker? Uh, yeah, no, that's um, oh, crap. I haven't got to him yet, but he's he's I'm really close to the episodes with him. I know who you're talking oh, okay. about because I've seen Oops. the figure art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really cool. I think Derek would like him. That's all right. You can't spoil it for me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Did you did he did you say he liked Kachidoki arms? I, me, yes. Who Derek? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, 
<laughs> You're not a fan, John. <laughs> I, I think he, he what you probably yeah. think there's a lot of lot of stuff to it. It's it's cumbersome type thing. Yeah. I, I, I just like I just like yeah. the implications of it. Like you'll you'll hear later when we talk about it, but I, I, I think I just get off on the idea of, of like the power upgrade. So it's not so much like visually, I'm like, oh it's the greatest thing ever visually. I just like what what that entails, you know, when he wears it, what it sort of symbolizes. Yeah, I I think the the thing that makes or breaks Kachidoki arms for anybody is the DJ gun. Either you think the DJ gun is awesome or you're like that is so stupid. So I think it goes either way. But yeah. I like the DJ gun. <laughs> oh, oh, oh I just don't like the flag. Um, they 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 do seem like they would be more of a encumbrance during an actual fight than helpful. And also, it is kind of weird what he fights with them. It's like, you're just beating up a guy with flags. You know that, right? <laughs> All right, so I'm I guess... But, but it's okay, Derek. Ah. Huh? <laughs> I'm from House Orange. If you would like, John, this is totally up to you. I'm going to go ahead and give my rating. If you do not wish to do the pineapple rating, that is totally up to you. You are a guest. We are not going to force you to do anything. Uh, Derek, you said you give it four pineapples? I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll give it the four pineapples. Four, four out of five pineapples. I, I'm actually, and this is strange for me, I'm actually going to go lower than you on a movie. I'm going to go three and a half just because the tonal shifts are a little big. And like I said, they don't bother you. They don't really bother me, but I just, I don't know. This felt very much like three separate movies smooshed into one movie. And especially, like, I think one of the bigger things is is being more of a Gaim fan. I didn't mind the Tokyo part. It was well done, but I wanted to see more Gaim. And then when I got to see more guy, it was cut short by 15 minutes because we had to get fucking 15 in there and version one, two, and three. So I didn't get my guy out of this. I got I got more Tokuger and and Showa writers, and I'm like, you know, you he knows like you've got Tokuger in my peanut butter, and you know, I'm like yeah. <laughs> so I, I give it. <laughs> there's there's peanut butter in your pineapples. Yeah, exactly. So I'll give it three and a half. What what about you, sir? Doesn't even sound good. <laughs> I, I think I would go I'd go four pineapples. Only because this is what got nice. me into like watching Common Rider and watching more and watching all of Gaim and so I, I gotta go four. Cool. Nostalgia fair factor. enough, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I guess I, I guess that I, will I can't even <clears> tell you where up. I was. Okay. Where where were you? Oh, okay. I was I was on vacation and couldn't sleep one night and I pulled it up and watched it on my phone. Ah. Like the first half of the episode. Where, where do you mind? Where, the movie. Were you, where were you vacating? We were in Port St. Lucie, which okay. is about an hour or two north of Miami on the Atlantic side. So, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. We were having fun. I was not at a theme park. That Florida. I'm just hanging out by the ocean. <laughs> that, that Florida does have a lot of citrus fruit. Oh, wow. <laughs> Kept seeing oranges, and he's like, I want to watch a show where a guy turns into an orange. I found huh. it. Huh. <laughs> this this was Russia Sentai Tokuger. And I, I practiced this earlier and you guys gave it the big you know thumbs up, so I get to say it. This was the Russia Sentai Tokuger versus well, ex common rider Gaim. Special spring break movie. I hope you guys enjoy listening to us. John, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you spending your your Tokuger and Gaim knowledge on us. Oh, no, it's been a blast. I'd, I'd come back anytime. You guys just got to ask. Cool. Of course, nice you may job. get together and say, we don't want him back. No, we totally do. <laughs> this is fun. Is there, is there, you want to, you want to do your pimping and promoting? Like, you want to 
tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs, whether it's like TV and film toys or AFB or, or I, I don't know yeah. if there's any other places. I can do that. All right. Cool. Um, you can find me on the, the the Twitters as at Engineer Nerd. You can find me at the Action Figure Blues podcast, which is at actionfigureblues.com. And you can find me on the forum there at afbforum.com as Engineer Nerd. And you can also find me at tvandfilmtoys.com. That's my website. I do reviews of figures and stuff with my buddy Eric's. And we also play a couple of games called Name That that I do on the podcast as well. I do an audio version and I do pictures on the website so come visit yeah. all those places it's it's, it's a, a fun, fun game fun game I'm, I'm not very good at it but uh, but i try every once in a while to throw in some guesses when somebody doesn't that, you know, when, when they're not really you know easy and they don't let me have the guess so you know or whatever but yeah I, uh, that, that's that's my secret is i i'm terrible at that game terrible <laughs> that's why i run it all of the games but, on afb yeah, that's like, why i run them because yeah, i'm like, terrible at all of them that's why I'm in charge because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Feel my pain. When we okay. do AFB challenge, it's our Jeopardy game. That's why I run that too because I don't know any uh, of those answers. <laughs> yeah, we, we we had a couple Jeopardy games. I, I think I was also the the showrunner on that. I can't remember now, but yeah, it was it was me, Mike, and Brian. I was Brian, tell you. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, and I I, I lost convincingly. <laughs> <laughs> Not to smoke up your hoo-ha, sir, but I will say this. Derek has many times said on the forum we frequent as well as, like, off uh, recording and just uh, BSing that uh, AFB is one of his favorite podcasts. He listens to it regularly. So if Derek likes it, it's got it's to be good because oh, he's a very well, cer- discerning fellow. Well, you know, I, I, just because I like well. something doesn't mean, like, it's, you know, whatever. But, but I, I do think it's genuinely like a really, really great show. And, with, you know, I, I know you were joking about it before. When you're like, I'm not going to be on this week or whatever. But, I mean, it's great every time you're on. And, you know, even when it's just Ben and Scott and any of the other guys, you know, Adam and Justin or Eli, you know, like it's it's fun to listen to. So I, I really do like it. And I, I do recommend if anybody's listening to Toku Thursdays and, and enjoys hearing some guys, you know, do some really in-depth reviews on toys and reminiscing on stuff or, or just toy news and all that kind of stuff. You want to kind of, you know, get back into the, the toy scene. Like it's a good, good show to listen to. So I do highly recommend it. We've been on a medical procedure run lately in the intro. So you <laughs> hang on past that. Then we'll talk about some toys. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> either that or like crazy Australian spiders that I think John Peters would have like wanted to make a movie about or something, you know? Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> no. I also want to thank Derek for being here, of course. He took time to, of course, watch this right before the show, as me and Derek are prone to do lately. <laughs> We're the masters of binge-watching something or binge-reading something before a show. Thank you so much for listening to us. We do appreciate all the support and feedback we get. John being one of those guys who gives us a lot of feedback. You you may not know this, but you may be inadvertently the reason why we started doing Guy again. We want you to let us know what you Ah, yeah, yeah. You, your 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 email spurred us on, or your messages, I should say. We do want feedback. We want you guys to let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you want to see on the show. We could do other common writer. We could do other Kokusasu. So if you want, get a hold of us at our email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of us on Twitter. You can get a hold of us on Instagram. 
We have a Tumblr. We have a Facebook. If you want to know where you can listen to us, we're on Stitcher Radio, live streaming. We are on iTunes. The iTunes rates actually do help out a lot, believe it or not. Being highly rated on iTunes is kind of a status symbol, and we, we, we want some status, damn it. Of course, as always, you can go to the Fanholes podcast proper site at fanholespodcast.boxplot.com. We do so many shows. We do our Toku Thursdays. We do Sentai Saturdays. Seriously, we're going to do that again. Really, we are. Transformer Tuesdays. We have Mobile Suit Mondays, and of course, as always, we do have the Fan Holes Podcast proper, which we just talk about a giant mishmash of things. So if any of those things interest you, give us a listen. And until then, I think we're pretty much coming to the end of the Russia line on the Rainbow Roan. So until then, this is Tony. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. This is John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd, saying goodbye. Did you know because you're like, uh, you will host a police. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you must host. Thank you, <laughs> Senpai. I am not ready. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm like, I just watched this. See, this is sweet because now, now since I started the call with John, I've got a engineer nerd 93 file instead of a ninja Doritos file. Uh, we're good. We we have a file as far as I can see. Like it, it's okay. apparently it's recording. So as long as it doesn't, you know, we never. You're not going to make out, me do this twice, right? I hope not. I'm sorry. I interrupted interrupted the the, the WC part. I didn't mean That's to do okay. that. No, 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 no big deal. I'm so bad. No, no. I'm so bad. If you if you want, you can do your own sign off. You guys are never going to have me back. No, 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 no. You know what's funny is I oh, think I, I always feel like there's like a sometimes now when I do the shows, like sometimes I notice there's like a slight delay. So I I don't ever blame anybody for jumping over anybody because I sometimes I think it's like a technical thing. Well, you're doing a good job of not spoiling it, so. <clears throat> yeah, I was, say, <laughs> I, I was gonna say if we if we ever. If we ever do get around to doing one of our planned topics, which was a Game of Thrones season one talk back, uh, as far as I know, I'm going to have to return the favor to Tony because as far as I know, he's he's only bought the season one of the, the Game of Thrones DVDs. So I will have to also be diligent as not to talk about, you know, pink elephants that, you know, I don't know, storm the castle or, you know, whatever other important plot points there are. You mean like yeah. don't get too attached to him, him, and her? <laughs> Yay! Perfect. No, don't worry, John. If there's one thing we have never been accused of in the like three years we've been doing this, no one's ever been like fan holes. That show is so scripted. So, <laughs> <you're fine. laughs>